This is Amanda. And this is Rachel. And this is Vocal Perspective. Welcome to another episode of Vocal Perspective. I am Rachel. I'm joined by my co-host Amanda, as always, and we are so thrilled to welcome former Acaville volunteer and current Pipeline Vocal Project trio member, Lisa Hawkins. Hey, Lisa, how are you? I'm good. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Super. Of course. You've been on our list for a long time, but I know you've been a guest on some other Acaville podcasts, so we wanted to like space it out and make sure that we, we got you at a good time, which, because Pipeline is doing so well right now, we thought now was great. <gasps> Thank you. Thank you so much. So we always start off in the same place, which is asking about how you came to be in acapella. Well, like, you know, most people, I would say I stepped into it in college. Acapella did not and still does not really exist here in Alaska, which is where I am from and where I am currently. So I got introduced to it in college, felt totally in love with it. And then I continued on after college performing in a professional group called Cape Harmony. And uh, that was that was a really eye-opening experience because I got to experience acapella on another coast. I went to college on the West Coast and then went all the way on the East Coast for the first time, actually, and was just kind of immersed into it. So that was really, really great for me. And then I continued on. I moved to Buffalo after that to work for acapella productions. So I stayed involved in the acapella scene. And then life circumstances kind of forced me back home around the end of 2018 and last year i think it was around around april i started looking around for people who might want to do this professionally in alaska and i knew that was a very very far-fetched idea because it does not really exist up here and i knew i would kind of be whatever whoever vocalist i got i would be teaching them this art form but you know acapella it doesn't really matter if you've done it for too long as long as you're a good vocalist you know you'll 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 catch on so i just start looking around i found two two lovely ladies i'm so fortunate to have them and they were kind of willing to take this uh, journey on with me so we're pipeline vocal project and we're kind of trying to promote acapella and spread the love and joy of it throughout alaska and hopefully beyond alaska eventually <laughs> What were those early first days like setting up the group? For me, a lot of technical aspects, like creating the business, you know, like setting up your LLC and stuff, you know. And then it was kind of, actually, this is a funny story. A few weeks of rehearsing. I mean, we were just doing simple, simple things, like not even incorporating much beatboxing yet, kind of just getting used to the art form. And then I get a call from our university's event coordinator. We have this event in Alaska called Acapella Festivella. They usually bring in big name groups. They've had, you know, Pentatonics, the House Jacks, and, you know, the Exchange at some point. And I've always gone when I could when I wasn't in college because it was in the fall. But uh, I, get a, I get a call from him that year, politically in Alaska, so many things got shut down due to like a new governor being voted in and they had lost a lot of their funding. <laughs> so they couldn't afford to um, have the time or the money to bring in someone from out of state. So he called me up and he was like, hey, I know you just created an acapella group. Would you like to headline the show? And I was like, oh, 
oh my god we just started rehearsal this is gonna be like six to eight weeks from now and they were like do you have about 45 minutes of music and I completely <laughs> lied and was like absolutely 45 minutes of music we had like one song probably like three minutes of music and he was like great like we'll we'll have you headline the show I hang up and I'm like panicking I was like oh my god how am I gonna get 45 minutes of music like perfected and polished in like six to eight weeks miraculously we somehow pulled it off and that's kind of that was our first gig (laughs) that's incredible wow hey nothing like you know putting your feet to the fire and jumping right in (laughs) exactly that's exactly what it felt like so after that sort of rapid dunking into the pool (laughs) what came next how how was that transition from you know, sort of early group and and sort of that really intense learning period to sort of making something maybe more more sustainable or something that felt more easy to maintain for you. Yeah, I think you know after all of that, we took some time to just like decompress because it was it was a lot. It was very <laughs> intense and condensed and. After a while, we kind of talked about, you know, how, what direction we wanted this to go. I definitely had, had my ideas, but I wanted to make sure they were on the same page and that they were comfortable. Audrey was still, one of the girls, was still in school. So she was like, you know, I, I definitely want to still keep going, keep rehearsing, but not jump into anything too crazy until I graduate. In, in the spring. So we did, we kept on doing, you know, small gigs, some Christmas gigs and private, you know, whatnot, whatever we could find. And then just, you know, after she graduated recently, we had another meeting and basically decided to kind of take this to the next level to kind of take this to a more professional level with bigger goals. <laughs> so yeah, we're starting to be more consistent in terms of content and really trying to up our content quality as well. So investing in equipment, things like that. So that's kind of where we're at. We're really trying to, we're starting the grind right now. Yeah. What would you say your sort of sweet spot is in terms of rap? Where do you like to be? You know, we really like to do current popular music or or well-known music like throwbacks that are, you know, crowd favorites. We love to do those in a Sometimes a throwback style or a completely, you know, mix it up in terms of the genre. Freedom's Boombox is a really great comparison. <laughs> Them yes. being all, all three males, we're all, you know, three females. So kind of the yin and yang, I guess. But yeah. Maybe there's some collaboration yeah. uh, potentials there. Oh my gosh, I hope so. Someday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Six amazing people, I wouldn't mind. Mm. So, I mean, you're used to being in these larger groups, college group, Cape Harmony. Do you do the arranging for Pipeline? I do do the majority. I will say I had, you know, I definitely had help during that intense period when we had to get so much rep in a short yeah. amount of time. I called them a lot of favors. Yes, you Thank beg, you borrow, to all my steal friends. in those situations. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I've been super fortunate. It has been a really new experience for me arranging for a trio like this. You have to think of harmonies and chords very differently. Sometimes you throw chords away altogether because, you know, it's a lead bass and vocal percussion. So that has been really interesting for me. I've been super fortunate to have a great mentor, uh, Fredo Austin, who does most of the arranging for Freedom's Boombox, who has helped me out a lot in kind of reviewing and steering me in the right direction. So, yeah. What do you like most about performing in a trio? I love the intimacy of it. The connection is so much stronger. When you have a larger collegiate group or even, you know, five or more, the bond is... I mean, it's still there, but it's just not, it's a little bit more spread out. 
with three people, it's so intense. You really get to know those people's like souls, you know? And I really love that. I love that connection. And also performing, when I'm performing, I feel a lot um, stronger sense of camaraderie. I definitely feel that because I've gone from a group of five and seven and, you know, 11, 12 to now a quartet even. And I definitely, the smaller the group is, the more intense the feelings and the bond are. Sometimes for good and sometimes not so good. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So I wonder, knowing people that well, does that, I I can only imagine that that helps in the arranging process because you, you know them so well, you know their voices so intimately. Does that give you... I don't know, benefit in terms of when you do do the arranging? Yeah, I I do think so. You really get to know their voices and their strengths and their weaknesses. So you can really arrange to your to your strengths. Yeah, I think so. It, it's definitely uh I we just recorded a project and I was editing it and you really get to know their voices that way as I'm sure you guys know. So yeah. <laughs> every little quirk and <laughs> every mm-hmm. pattern. <laughs> so, I mean, with it, I I know Pipeline Vocal has started to release some live style videos that I know are getting quite a bit of attention in the acapella community right now. Where do you see this going? I know we're still kind of trapped at home. I'm hoping that Alaska maybe has a little bit more flexibility because it's a little less condensed than down here in DC. But where will it go when we're free to do whatever we want again? Yeah, so the reason we, you know, decided to get in this grind now is that, you know, we are kind of, as you would have it, babies in the acapella community. We're we're up in Alaska, you know, like not as <laughs> well known. And, you know, I'm still kind of teaching them aspects of the art form and the acapella community processes and stuff. They're just starting to arrange on their own as well, which is super exciting. But where we want it to go is we we want to be able to do this full time eventually. So I, you know, we wanted to put in this grind now so that when the music industry kind of comes back up again, we can we can come back up with it. So once cruises are able to happen again, we want to kind of look that avenue. Hopefully, we will love to, you know, be involved in acapella festivals, you know, perform at some point, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, just kind of being able to expand outside of Alaska while still, you know, being true to our roots here because we do take a lot of pride in, you know, being like the first acapella group up here (laughs) and just I think Alaskan pride is definitely strong but yeah we do hope to kind of take it to the lower 48 as we would say. I wonder you know this is maybe a a little topical but in terms of the pandemic specifically because you're such a small group that that gives you some freedom I think in that you if you open your bubbles to each other it's still a relatively small number of people that you're exposing yourself to which gives you the freedom and flexibility of doing things more in person than maybe a larger group i wonder if you could talk a little bit about the ways that you can take advantage or you are trying to take advantage of that yeah definitely i think you know we did have this conversation of you know covid and how we wanted to handle that and the state mandate mandate was like people you live with or you know very very small you know select number of people and we were like well we are that to each other right (laughs) so as long as we are careful outside of that because two out of the three of us are still you know going to a workplace and you know our workplaces have our own you know mandates and masks and ppe things like that so yeah i think we are definitely conscious of that and super fortunate like you said that it is a small group and we don't have to be you know wondering so much about the exposure because we know our each other's schedules is you know really well too so yeah 
That's so awesome. I'm jealous of your ability to uh, to have that because, you know, I think so many of us are jonesing for music, right? Like not just either music right. we produce ourselves or hearing other people create music, new music, that I think that's fabulous that you guys have that. That's so true. And so you've been really active in at least trying to expose Alaska to this community in the lower 48, as you know, as, as you call it. So... <laughs> What would you like to see happen in Alaska? Like, I know you have goals and you've been very active there. What are you hoping to be able to do long term? I really want there to be acapella thriving in the education system here. It's just not. And I think, you know, a lot of our music teachers, many of them aren't young. And so they're kind of, you know, set in their ways, right? You know, few people travel up here to be music teachers. So we're kind of stuck sometimes in in that circle but i i did do a few workshops you know earlier in the day when i moved back from buffalo trying to kind of expose students and encourage teachers to incorporate this art form into their choral programs and trying to explain and show that this has value educational value and that's kind of when i realized that i can't do this alone i'm like one person and i, I can keep doing workshops but it doesn't have enough of an impact on the teachers or the students because when you ask the students do you know pentatonics they're like oh yeah of course i love pentatonics right and then you know i ask them well do you see yourselves doing something like that and they're like no and it's because they don't have any sort of like <laughs> role model like they have no local exposure they haven't really seen it in person they don't know what that process or possibility even looks like and right. so that's kind of when i thought like okay there needs to be a local example it's like a local group doing this well that it is inspiring both students and teachers to do this and yes we are a trio so it's a little bit different but it's i think it's better than nothing it has had some sort of effect a little bit i think on on kids wanting to see more vocal music because all there is is really choirs which is great you know we, we love that avenue as well but when you go to college most people aren't going to major in music but they want to keep singing in their lives and acapella right. is such a great way to do this i would love for them to be more exposed and be just more passionate about that and as you all know like they want to perform and sing music that they know that they hear on the radio and like what better way to kind of incorporate that into their lives than contemporary acapella so that's where like my, my passion started i really would love to see you know high schools and even middle schools kind of take this art form on more seriously, more incorporating it into their educational programs. And then, you know, we would love to have like our own like ICCA up here or something like that someday, a festival, whatever. That's kind of my long term goal. Awesome. So acapella right now is still largely concentrated on the coast. There are a couple of pockets like Wisconsin and, and Nashville and Texas, but you know, it's still a very coastal activity. So what kind of advice would you give? We hear from people all the time, like, well, I live in Iowa, or I live in Nebraska, and there's just nothing around here. What kind of advice would you give them to make something around them? Oh, that is really hard, because I was definitely in that position for a really <laughs> long time. I guess from experience, the only thing I can say really is, well, one, as an individual, 
go, go to those places that do have it. Like I would travel to festivals all the time from up here. It's very, very far. So if I can do it, you can do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, going to Boss, going to Laugh, you know, and then eventually traveling to the festivals to teach at them. And if you want to sing, like even if you aren't in an acapella concentrated community, there are singers around you. So it's finding them, <laughs> finding them and making sure they're on the same page as you are in terms of how seriously you want to you want to take it if you want to do this as you know after work thing really for fun do some gigs a few times a year then that's wonderful you know if those are your your group's goals but yeah that's what I would say (laughs) (laughs) well so I wonder then how did you go about finding your group members since you as you said there, there wasn't a lot of there weren't a lot of examples and so how did you find the ladies that you sing with now the slim pickings up here. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was very lucky though. So Audrey, um, she's our lead slash soprano. I knew her from when we were kids, we were in the same studio. We took from the same voice teacher. I never knew her personally. We never spoke or were friends. We just kind of knew of each other from that. You know, we saw each other at competitions and stuff. And I knew that she was still up here going to school. So I reached out to her. Thank goodness she was on board. She was like, that sounds like a lot of fun. It's new. I would love to try try it and then that was kind of where my connections ended (laughs) because I'd been gone for so long and so I kind of put out a Facebook PSA out there like hey looking for a singer who would be willing to do this professionally and you know people started tagging their friends blah 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 and I got a few messages but that's kind of how I found Molly who's our other alto awesome Never underestimate the power of social media. (laughs) Exactly. I was so fortunate. I would have never found her on my own, I don't think. (laughs) No. I mean, I think back, you know, this was back in the dark ages when we started our professional groups. We were looking on Craigslist. And, you know, what a random collection of people we found on Craigslist. But it it worked, you know. And, I mean, Facebook kind of serves that purpose now, too. And you're actually Mm -hmm. getting friends of friends or friends of friends of friends and not just random strangers (laughs) off the internet. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. That's amazing that you found you found your people there. I would be afraid to look on Craigslist now. <laughs> I think that fear is well justified. For my safety. <laughs> They've made movies yes, about our, that, no? Our yes. first meeting was definitely at, at a coffee shop, like a very prominent, like public glass on all sides <laughs> coffee shop. And we met each other there like three or four times before we're like, okay, we'll go to someone's house now and meet there. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. So let's go back a little bit because you said you worked for Acapella Productions and you were in Cape Harmony. So you had a lot of experience there. What advice would you give to people like college students? You know, they see Cape Harmony and it's like a very admired group of people. I think a lot of girls would look at it and be like, oh, there's no way I would ever get a spot in that group. There's no way I could, you know, make it through a summer and do that group and then move on to there's no way I could work for a production company what was kind of your journey through that whole process I would say never say never always you know shoot your shot wherever you can you know I think with Cape Harmony from my experience and what I've seen of the girls who are in it it's a lot of you know connections they heard about Cape Harmony from a friend or someone else who was in Cape Harmony a lot of word of mouth so you know most of the girls there are already kind of from the east coast right my experience was very different (laughs) I saw and literally an ad on Facebook and I was, took a screenshot of the ad and then sent in an audition video, just really not thinking. I'm hoping it would go further, but not expecting it because it's an ad. On fa- I didn't really know anything about it. And then I got a call back 
but I had to kind of message them and say, hey, I'm in Washington. I can't actually physically be at the callback. Is it okay if I like Skype in or is there another way we could go about it? And they were like, yeah, we could figure, you know, we could figure something out. So they were very kind and let me Skype into the callbacks um, and then kind of did an individual one-on-one that way too. And the rest is history. So I, yeah, I think, you know, if you shoot your shot, it's, always a possibility so keep your eyes out for you know for those things that you know cape harmony is one of them but there's so many other avenues out there for sure yeah and look at you like trailblazing auditioning over skype way before it was cool to do everything online (laughs) that was zoom before zoom yeah (laughs) yes (laughs) and how did you transition there into a job with acp well so after cape harmony i did move back home for a little bit and you know, trying to find work. And I was subbing for our local school district. (laughs) And I went to Camp Acapella again to kind of, you know, start networking a little bit more. And ACP did all the tech for Camp Acapella for a really long time. So that's where I met the people at ACP. And they weren't hiring at the time, but I just kind of, you know, was talking and, you know, explaining that I'm looking for some sort of job or career in acapella and you know just just talking <laughs> you know as you as you do at camp I don't know if you guys have ever been but it's a really wonderful wonderful place Not to yet. meet the people <laughs> they're great I I really I love I love going there every year but yeah so after and then a few months after I came home from that I got a call from from Mike Jankowski and was like hey do you want to work for us you know we'll we'll pay for your your move down here and so I I was like okay <laughs> moved to Buffalo kind of on a whim Wow. I wanted to ask actually in line with the name of the of the show, what have been some of the advantages do you think and some of the challenges of being a woman starting your own group with other women? Can you talk a little bit about some of that? Yeah, you know, it is very interesting as you, as you all know, I'm sure you know most of the professional a cappella, you know, world in terms of performance are very male dominated. Yes, right? it is. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you look out there and you don't really see a whole lot of female groups doing this professionally. You know, like Women of the World, uh, Muse are kind of the only ones I can think of. Mm-hmm. Citizen Queen is, has popped up too. But so that that has definitely been a challenge and something that's been on our minds for sure. And a kind of a barrier we want to break through and it almost giving us like incentive to really pioneer this in a way because I think it is really important to have have that perspective and I you know there's a whole lot of you know misunderstandings out there about the human uh, the, the female voice and what it can and can't do we just kind of want to yeah break down those barriers and prove <laughs> prove them wrong like you know we can have those lower frequencies we can beatbox all all those things but i have to say in terms of like running the group i think there is a you know being a female i only have like this perspective but i think it can be a little bit more challenging in terms of dealing with adversity or conflict that maybe male groups tend to have a lot more longevity because they have a different way of dealing with this this is just theory, not <laughs> my experience. But, you know, I think sometimes guys are quick to get over things and be like, oh, you know, whatever, man, we're cool. you know. And I think girls have a harder time kind of moving on. You know, we like to overthink and really dwell on, dwell on these things on what someone said or a certain situation. And I think those are definitely challenges that we are overcoming. Also, you know, with, with female groups, 
unfortunately, we have to be a little bit more conscious about our outfits sometimes yes. when we're performing and coordinating those. And I think yep. with guy groups, like not not as much of of an issue, you know, like it, it's limited in what they, what they have to wear. <laughs> no. Nope. Oh, my gosh. I uh, this is like a side story. But I saw I went to the North Sea Jazz Festival. I just happened to be in Curacao at the time I won a trip. And I was like, oh, look what's happening. And Sting was one of the headliners. And I will never, mm. ever forget that he came out on stage in a white undershirt and sweatpants shorts. And I was like, <laughs> I could never get away with that. Like, right, I could right. never get away with that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And you bring up the oh, whole the whole trust issue or the 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 longevity issue with women and i think you know just from watching how i've done business and i'm in a co-ed group but like i think i tend to trust a lot up front like okay you're in i'm gonna trust you and then as soon as that trust is broken it is very hard to repair and i think that's you know i would think a lot of other women are the same way we're like okay like let's get this going but then you just you kind of broke the moral code, you broke the pact. And now it's like, how do I let you back into my life, let alone into my group? Right, right. It's it's a lot to to tackle. We've definitely had to figure out our process. And we're still in the process of like, you know, dealing with these things as, you know, people will have conflict eventually. But you know, having to figure out how to talk about these things and knowing that all three of us are coming from a place of love. We're not trying to attack each other. We want what's best, but, you know, feelings are feelings and they do happen. Have, how do we tackle that? And in in terms of like going back to the outfit situation, there's a lot more like double standards when it comes to female groups. Mm-hmm. And we we did a competition recently where we felt like our level of product and professionalism was definitely of a high caliber and that the judges notes had really nothing bad to say about those things the only criticisms they were about our outfits which has nothing to do with our you know product really i mean it it, it is it is part of your image right which is the product but i was like this is what you have to say about us like this is your criticism it was very strange so that didn't have us like thinking you know how do we go about this how do we go about um tackling this in a way that we are still true to ourselves not trying to dress and be like something else while making it professional and uh, appropriate for the stage presence you know like that's been a challenge for us and coordinating and how do you tell someone that the outfit doesn't look good or you know that doesn't look straight stage appropriate right it's it's a very hard conversation that we've had to navigate it's so hard you know and and snow day has like we kind of have a dress code it's more like here are the four or five colors that you can wear it's like black white silver gray and then you can pick any shade of blue you want and that's worked for us and then we have like levels of formality it's like this is a no jeans gig or like this is a formal Mm -hmm. gig Mm -hmm. um but yeah, we've had some people come through where I'm like, that maybe that's not a good outfit to wear. And it is especially hard to criticize another woman's mm-hmm. choice of yeah. outfit. And it's not necessarily that because it's not necessarily that it's inappropriate, but you know, it's just like that doesn't, you know, really flatter your figure or it goes right. It doesn't go with the look of everybody else or Flat out, you just look uncomfortable in it and <laughs> everyone can see that you look uncomfortable in what you're wearing. But that's such a hard conversation to bring up. It really is because, you know, with women, once you're criticizing their style, like that's their style is kind of part of them, yes. part of their identity. So then you're kind of criticizing them as a person and like who they are and mm-hmm. you don't mean to, but it, it is often taken that way. So yeah, I, yeah whereas ha- with the guys, I'm like, hey, there's holes in your jeans, maybe not for this kind of gig. Like, where <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a lot easier, <laughs> right? Like, oh, 
whoops, sorry. <laughs> they're not attached to their outfits. They're like, oh, okay, cool. You know what? Here's my closet. Why don't you just go fix something out? I'll wear whatever you tell right? me. Right? Yeah, Here, exactly. Let's just go shopping. Yeah, yeah. Pick out my clothes for me. <laughs> You know, something that's worked for us recently is one person will pick like an article of clothing that they really, really like, that they want to wear at their next gig. Yes. Like, hey, I really like this dress or I really like these shoes that I want to wear. And then the, th- the rest of us will coordinate outfits around that. So that way there's not like discretion in like what type of pink you're wearing or something like that. And that that has really worked for us recently. That sounds like a great idea. I love that. Yeah. But all right, like well, we Lisa. Could, I know. I feel like we could talk Yo. all day. Let's talk more about shoes. Let's set up another time to talk about shoes. <laughs> yes, we do still. We run the world and we like talking about shoes. <laughs> but Lisa, it was so nice to have you here on the show. I have looked up to your work a lot. I think you're doing some really great things and really unique things. And, you know, you're tackling challenges that a lot of us just don't have to based on where you are and the style of group that you're in. So thank you so much for everything that you're doing. And thanks for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. It was great talking to you guys. And that was Lisa Hawkins from Pipeline Vocal Project in Alaska.